What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. This is your host, Nate Bailey. And again, to get everything that you need uh, from, from past episodes on the Championship Leadership Podcast to get caught up to find out what's going on in my world and inside of our coaching programs and 24-hour Championship Leadership experience that, that we have, uh, go to my website at natebaileyspeaks.com. Uh, today's guest, incredible guest, Tamara Gondor uh, out of uh, Denver, Colorado. Incredible conversation that we had today. And for more information on Tamara, you can go to her website, go to launchstreet.com. Again, go to launchstreet.com. I had a fun conversation with her. Um, we got to talking about all kinds of different things and, and had some powerful conversations around innovation that was very interesting as well. So interested for you guys to uh, listen in on that and, and to hear the feedback that you might have inside of uh, the conversation that we had and how it could apply to you inside of your world as well. So with that, let me introduce you to our, today's guest, Tamara Gondor. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. This is your host, Nate Bailey, and, and we have Tamara Gondor from Denver, Colorado with us here today. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Nate. I forgot to ask where you're located so we can compare weather. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's beautiful here today. Uh, I'm just outside of Rochester, Minnesota, just south of the town. Oh, yeah. About an hour. I spent a lot of time in Rochester, actually, funny enough. Oh, no way. Yeah. How come? Uh, medical related or? Uh, not for me. So my ex-husband's father, it was a doctor at the Mayo Clinic. So okay. I love Rochester and Wabasha, Minnesota, like Wabasha. all the area. Oh, yeah. There. yeah. Beautiful area yeah. over there. Yeah. I know. I love it. Oh, small world. That's great. Yeah. Um, well, I, I like to kick off our conversation on this podcast by asking this question. Championship leadership is the name of the podcast. What comes to mind for you or what, is, what does championship leadership mean to you when you hear that? Oh, I feel like that's like an Oprah question out of the gate. Oh, um, nice. No, I, <laughs> I like it. Uh, I love questions that make me think differently. Um, you know, that's an interesting question because I think I think championship to me isn't just about winning, it's about how you win and the dedication and the perseverance, the hard work and the teamwork that goes into it. 
when I think about kind of people who are true champions and true leaders, they really not only have won something, but the way they got there was really powerful. And maybe that's by, you know, really leading a team and vision, really leading a team when things are down. I think championship for me is a lot about how you manage the situation when it's not going your way, not just when it is. And pulling that all together, you know, I love sports and I actually really love football. And to me, the championship leader is one in the fourth quarter when you're three touchdowns down and the coach is like, now we're going to come back. Now's our chance. And the team rallies and does it. That's kind of like, if I were to visualize the moment in the movie, that's it. I love it. So uh, who's your team? Is it the Broncos? Funny enough, it's not because I grew up in Oakland, California. So my team, I'm a diehard bleed silver and black, which is not popular in Denver. No, it's not at all. Uh, so are you excited about the move to Vegas? Yes and no. I, I think the stadium's going to be great. I, like, I think there's some good things about it, but for me, yeah. they'll always be Oakland. Oakland. Yeah, absolutely. Always. Yeah. Well, um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about you and, and your story and kind of the path that you've been on and where that has led you today and what you're up to today? Yeah. So, um, so, my business, Launch Street, what we are all about is finding your competitive advantage by tapping the power of innovation. And what we really mean by that is human-centered innovation, how we as business leaders and champions, how we innovate to drive success, to drive differentiation, to drive standing out from the crowd, to make our, a place in a situation where we can work smarter, not harder. Um, I kind of equate it to being stuck in a riptide. Have you ever been stuck in a riptide? It is not fun, but here's what's interesting. It happened to me when I was 12, but here's what's interesting about it. In a riptide, which I think is a lot like life, the competitive marketplace that we all play in, our first inclination, our our intuition is to double down, right? Swim harder, work harder, do what we've always done, but more of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're seeing a lot of that right right now with the uncertainty that we're in. But the way to get out of a riptide is not to do that. It's actually counterintuitive. It's to actually go sideways and do things differently. And then you can actually get out of the riptide. And I think innovation is that. Innovation is what gets us sideways and what gets us out of the riptide. So that's the business that we're in. And I'll tell you, Nate, it's been a circuitous journey. I mean, I started in advertising and brand strategy on Madison Avenue, New York, moved from there to innovation. Um, if you've pushed your cart down the aisles of Target, you probably pass something, a brand or a product that I've brought to life or one of the companies I've worked with. Um, and that's all great. But along the way, I realized that, you know, I was going behind a black curtain, coming up with all these new product ideas and then giving them to you, the client. And I don't know, a small percent of them would make them to market because mm-hmm. it just, I was going away and I was doing the work, but you had to own it, Right. And along the way, I really realized that the power was in helping people understand how they innovate and how they can leverage that skill in themselves. Um, And that's when we really shifted gears. And that's what we focus on here at at Launch Street. Got it. Uh, I love it. You know, when you talk about innovation, I always tend to talk about leadership, championship leadership, especially is, you know, you mentioned football. So Nick Saban, Bill Belichick are two that I, I tend to use because they're like some of the greatest ever in a highly elite and competitive industry or profession where, you know, they're competing against the greatest and the best in the world every year. And and they continue to be able to innovate and stay ahead of everyone else. And even as they get older, which, you know, you think of many as they age that aren't as innovative and, and they continue to uh, 
uh, stay at the, at the top as leaders. Yeah. So I'm not a Patriots fan, but I will say this. Me neither. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard not to admire Belichick and Brady. Yeah. And I heard along the way, someone was telling me the other day that um, most quarterbacks, when the when they're practicing and the defensive team kind of you know intercepts the ball, they get super mad, right? And I don't know if this is true or not, but that Tom Brady actually rewards people for doing that because he wants to refine his edge all the time. So he's glad when someone finds a hole in his thinking. And I'm mm-hmm. just going to relate that to business for a second and say that's where I think innovation helps is innovation is what helps us find those holes and turn those holes into opportunities. And yeah. without it, we really don't see that. We see the problem with it. We see, Oh, this is an opportunity that I can actually leverage. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. And it's, uh, yeah, it's also in my mind, it's, um, it's just thinking and seeing things in a different way than uh, everyone else. Right. Totally. Yeah. yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. You know, it's, it's interesting. I think a lot of innovation is connecting dots in different ways because we all have the same dots. It's just a matter of how yeah. you see them. Yeah. Who are some of the championship leaders that have impacted you in your life? And really more, more importantly, like what is it about them, the characteristics that have stood out and maybe even um, you've taken to help mold who you are as a championship leader? Oh, good one. Um, you know, I think there's been a several along the way and some that are surprising that nobody knows about and some that are, I think maybe people have heard of before. So I'm going to give you two that people know, and then one that people don't know for a different reason. One is Sarah Blakely, who's the founder of Spanx. Mm -hmm. And what I love about her stories is she took something that was right in front of her and turned it into something totally different, right? The innovation of Spanx, but she really took the concept of pantyhose and turn it yeah. into something that actually is valuable to people as idea pantyhose was actually being faded out. I mean, I don't know about you, but I can't remember the last time I saw someone wearing pantyhose. Like it's not say that. But but her perseverance was so admirable. It took her, I think it was something like two years to even get one manufacturer give her one test run. They mm. kept saying no, 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 no. And I if I hear, understand the story right. The one who said yes said yes because he had a daughter and he went home and said, hey, this woman came in with this crazy idea. And the daughter was like, that's amazing. So, but her perseverance and her ability to see the opportunity in something really right in front of her, I think is really incredible. So she's one. The yeah. other one is someone named Johnny Cupcakes. Do you know who he is? Johnny Cupcake? No, I sounds oh like I God. should though. That's an yeah, awesome name. You would love him. He's so great. So he <laughs> owns an apparel company. His signature thing is like a skull and crossbones, but it's, it's a, the crossbones and then the skull is a cupcake. Okay. Here's what I absolutely admire about Johnny Cupcakes, and I have been stalking him for years. He has <laughs> no idea who I am, by the way. No clue. And I've been talking about him. Like, I, I think I probably sell more of his t-shirts than, than any affiliate or any he has. That's awesome. Here's the thing about him. This is what I appreciate about him that I've seen from day one. He treats his entire business model with a layer of innovation. So what most of us tend to do is we're like, oh, here's our product. Let's be innovative about our product. He said, yes, the product's innovative. It's unique. It's different. But let's treat our entire business model differently. He treats his business model like a rock band on tour. So he does these pop-up retails as of the, I think he only has one or two actually brick and mortar stores across the entire country. It's not a lot. But he started with these pop-up stores and these experiential moments. And in fact, he'd go into cupcake stores and that's where he'd sell his t-shirts, right? But 
I'm not kidding you, in Denver, this is, Colfax is this main road here. He set up shop in a cupcake store. All this viral marketing went out. The line was down the street and around the corner wow. to get a t-shirt. T-shirt. Like, no if way. you think about that, that's incredible. His fans, are, like, his fans are so loyal that I've seen on his Facebook page people who have built shelving just to house the hundreds of t-shirts that they have of his. But the, but the reason I really admire him is because well, most people in the retail business are doing the same game, right? They're trying to get into the big stores. They're trying to get kind of space in the store. They're kind of doing the same thing with multiple colors or multiple sizes. Yeah. He took a totally different approach. And because of that, his business actually just skyrocketed. It's incredible to see what he's done. So I, and, and I just would just say in there, the, part of the lesson I think for people is there are so many championship leaders out there. Stock them. Don't wait for their book. That's too late. Just yeah. watch what they're doing and reverse engineer it. So I yeah. learned so much about my own business from watching his real time. I'm on his email list. I, I watch his videos. I'll go to a pop-up. It's in the neighborhood. I have mm-hmm. some t-shirts because <laughs> I want to learn from him right away. I love the guy. Yeah, I love it. Johnny Cupcakes. The last one is actually a mentor of mine who I actually write about in my book, Innovation is Everybody's Business. And he did something off of a conversation we had that I thought was really powerful. So his name is Bill Weintraub, and he's a professor of advertising and marketing at CU Boulder. And his past career is basically that he was chief marketing officer of it's like Procter & Gamble, Coors, beer, like you name it, mm-hmm. right? He, he was up there in the echelons of marketing in the consumer world. And he has taught me a lot along the way. But one thing he did, I thought was so amazing. So he and I were having a conversation one day and he said, I'm so frustrated. I'm teaching marketing, but my students come in and they have no concept of anything but their own world. So there was some conversation where he said something about Walmart and the kids in the class were like, why would you go to Walmart? I mean, eating healthy is so cheap. Why wouldn't you just go to Whole Foods? Like they just had no concept of how other people live, but themselves. Yeah. So he and I were talking, we set up this incredible project that he put into place in his class. One of his big projects in his class is he has his kids go to Walmart and actually engage with people about why they have in their cart what they have. And the response has been phenomenal because what he's taught is what he's actually taught is empathy and understanding and putting yourself in other people's shoes. And I think that's one of the big drivers of innovation and business success is putting yourself in other people's shoes. And when we don't do that, we have a really hard time marketing our products and our services. And we start to think like, oh, I don't, I don't know why that person, like, I'm just talking to myself. I don't know why that person loves it. And when you think about from your perspective of what makes a champion and what makes a leader, they're people who understand how other people think and what drives them and what motivates them. That's yeah. part of what makes some strong leaders. And I think yeah. Bill is helping his kids do that with this little project that turned into a big thing in every class. Yeah, that's very interesting project. I love it. I'm sure the conversations are, are <laughs> incredible too. Oh my gosh. Well, you learn a lot by saying to people, hey, like, why'd you, like, why are you buying this and not that? Or why do you do it with empathy, right? But yeah. it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. yeah try it. If that. you've never done it, I encourage you to try it at any sort. Target, yeah. Walmart. You learn a lot about people. Absolutely. Yeah. Great, great little research project. Like you said, and it just helps you to really understand other people too. And I think that is, yeah, I've, I say that all the time as far as championship leadership is just the ability to really know your people and, yeah. and be able to relate to them and know how they respond. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about. So what's, what's, the, what's the vision for you? Championship leaders have that incredible vision. We kind of already talked about this a bit. And, uh, 
but in more so than just the vision, but like, what's the impact you want to make here, even the short term with what you guys are up to? I love that you asked that question because I think you're right. I think knowing where you're headed is so important. So we have one big vision that drives everything we do at Launch Street, and that is to unleash 1 million innovators into the world. And the reason we want to do that is just for a second, imagine the problems that we could solve and the opportunities we could create if a million of us just unlocked that ability inside of us to innovate and think differently about the things that we face. And I just want to kind of add two things to that really quickly. Um, one is, it's, it's why we have the assessment, the IQE, that tells people your style of innovation, because the first step is really understanding how you as a human innovate so that you can actually drive that for success. Um, it's why we created the Everyday Innovators Tribe, which is our membership platform, because that really allows us to foster innovation and not just tell people how they innovate, but give them the tools to do it. And then the third thing I just want to throw in there, Nate, is because innovation, as I'm sure you know, right, is one of those words where if I ask 10 people how they define innovation, I'll get 10 different answers and none of them will have anything in common. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably like, oh, yeah, you're right. Here's how I define it. And then the other guy in the car is like, oh, no, that's how I define it. So I want to suggest a definition of innovation that we've crafted over 25 years of work and research with clients that allows innovation to have a common language for everyone to get behind and allows innovation to be easy and accessible. So not this heavy lifting blue skies has to be the seismic shift thing. Because what we found is the best innovation is actually rearranging the box you have, not going outside the box. So the definition is this, thinking differently about what's right in front of you to create a competitive advantage. And that's the definition of innovation I would love all of us to have because that's the start of unleashing the million innovators into the world. And it's what allows us to contribute and innovate and win in a way that's actually doable and, and not make innovation this kind of 3 p.m. scented brains, you know, markers and brainstorm and like this ridiculous out of reach thing, which I think it is for so many people. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And uh, yeah, you talk about how many different definitions people that can have of innovation. And that's one of the reasons I continue to ask the question that I do with championship leadership, because I've had, I've had asked it probably 200 times and I've almost gotten 200 different app, oh. uh, answers as well. So have you ever, I'm just curious, have you ever gotten an answer that made you go, yep, nailed it. Or do you feel like you learn a little every time? I, I think I kind of learn a little bit every time, you know, there's a lot of similarities. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I mean, it's just interesting. One today was completely different than anything I've ever gotten. Um, talking about connection and how leaders are great connectors and, and uh, you know, it's just fun to hear those different, different uh, perspectives, I guess you'd say. But I also like the fact that, you know, to, of what you're doing inside of innovation is to really give them that starting point to, to come from, right? So Yeah. Well, I think it's um, what we've really seen over the years is that the reason innovation efforts fail, so whether you're an entrepreneur, business leader inside a company, is because we try to take a process from the outside and apply it to us. And what we're not doing is stopping to say, well, how do I innovate and how can I drive this for success? So it's like this outside, it's like another initiative is what it turns into. And Mm -hmm. who wants that? Like, don't we have enough processes and initiatives (laughs) in our world? And the reality is we don't need it. All we need is just to understand how do we innovate and how can we apply that every day? Yeah. What's a uh, critical moment or defining moment in your life? uh, Kind of that fork in the, in the road moment where obviously you, you've made the decision that you have. So it has you where you are today, but had you not, you'd be in a very different place. It's, I think it's powerful to, for people to hear that might be in that moment to hear others that have been there and and listened and, and had the courage to take the decision they did. 
I'm going to share something really recent and really frustrating and really great all at the same time. So um, <laughs> I'm just going to layer it all in. Yeah. So um, if you look at my business plan of 2019 moving into 2020, I think I did it at the end of November. I like to kind of create my plan for the next year before the holidays. Mm -hmm. I had to shred it come yeah. mid-March. Yeah. Right. So right. my world. So we have this IQE assessment. We have some online toolkit. But the reality is the bulk of Launch Street, our business that we were in, was really live events and sessions, you know, speaking at conferences, team meetings, strategic retreats, right? So I was constantly traveling the country, but doing all of this live. Yeah. And then in mid-March, when COVID started, the rug got pulled out from under us. And almost every event that we had for 2020, which was a packed calendar, was canceled or moved to 2021 or 2022 or frankly still in the nebulous waiting game so the business i wouldn't say it came to a screeching halt because we still have stuff coming in but it was not the thriving business that we had going into 2020 and i think a lot of us business owners are were in that place regardless of the industry that we were in just things changed over and really for the first time in my lifetime uh, except for maybe after 9 11 was overnight like you woke you went to bed with one model of the world and you wake up to a new one so I had some decisions to make. Decision one was I could stay on the curve I was on and just try to improve it. And, and I say that knowing that every business has a life cycle curve. All of us do. And it always ends up in a decline. Every case study out there proves it. But when things are successful, that decline comes a little bit slowly or you can like stop the leaking for a little bit, right? Yeah. But in this case, my curve, I was up here and then I went like this, as a lot of us did. Yeah. And it's right at the time my book was coming out, thank God. So I had other stuff going on, but the bulk of it was gone. And I really had a decision to make. So I could either try to improve that curve. And what that would have looked like was slapping the online virtual label onto things that I already did. And a lot of people tried that. Yep. Or I could be a little bit more courageous and step into a place I didn't have as much knowledge technically of, but I knew would be the right thing to do. So I had to think about how do I jump the curve and create a new curve for myself and my business? And that's when we launched the tribe, the membership program, which we had never done before. It always been in the back of my brain of how do we kind of build more community, but I didn't have it. It took this pandemic for me to suddenly have to shift gears. But I share this in full transparency because I think it's really important to understand that there is incredible opportunity to jump curves, take all that knowledge and all that learning and move it with us in a new way. But if we are playing it safe and staying on the curve we're on, we're going to hit that cliff, whether we like it or not. And it may be slow and it may be fast, but we're going to hit it no matter what. And there's yeah. a level of urgency and pressure that we've never had before. But I would say March and April for me were really defining because I had a decision to make. Was I going to try to improve this curve and just kind of like, I felt like a slow rowboat. I was like, one day something will happen, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Am I going to wait for normal to come back, which we all know is not going to happen? Or can I use this as an opportunity to completely jump the curve, which is what we help a lot of our clients do. But for me, March and April have been defining. And I will tell you, our membership platform has skyrocketed. April, May was, or March, April was very de defining. I had to make some big decisions about my business. Um, and as I was saying, the scale, the impact, the success of it was way greater than what I was having doing the live events. But I needed to have that fear and that pressure for me to do it. Yeah, that's, that's great. I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, you think about 
how can you innovate before you need to, right? Is that yeah. anything that you, you think of? Because obviously you were forced to make, to do that as were many of us. Yeah. Um, but but the, the name of the game would be, if at all possible, to be able to do that before you need to, right? So I'm glad you said that, Nate, because let's go back to the curve for a second. What we really want to do is when we get to that top of that curve and we know when we're there, this is where we want to innovate. What I often see is companies and teams wait until they're on the decline. And sometimes that yeah. decline is too steep before they can do yeah. it. Right. So it, it, if I had done it, if I had my way, I would have started that innovation sooner. And I think that's a, what you said is a great lesson for all of us of like, don't wait for the cliff. Yeah. Do it when yeah. you're, I think success can be the enemy of innovation because we're too totally. busy at being yeah. successful. Yeah. So we got, it's when we're successful that we actually need to think about, all right, what's my next curve coming? Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. In the essence of uh, respecting your time here, uh, one last question. Yeah. If there are one or two things that you could give the listeners and they were to implement today uh, to help move their life forward today, what, what would those be? Mm. I would say, I'm going to say two different things. So one is, I would say, start asking different questions. I was talking about this earlier with someone who felt really stuck because they, there were a lot of challenges they couldn't solve. And the analogy I was making was hiking. I was saying, if you start at the same base at the same trail, you're gonna get to the same mountaintop every single time. The same is true for our questions and our outcomes. If we constantly are asking the same questions, trying to solve the same challenges and find the opportunities in the same way, we're always gonna get to the same answers. And we're not looking for the same answers. We know that doesn't work. So you've got to start by asking different questions and that's going to take you to new places. That's like finding a new path to go down. So that's mm-hmm. number one. I think that's true across everything, whether you are launching your business, reinventing your business, trying to just grow your business. I think that's absolutely true. The second one I say is be a more holistic thinker for opportunities. So here's what I mean by that. We tend to have all these experiences in life and all these brands and businesses that we admire And then we go to our business and it's like we put blinders on and we forget that we've experienced all these things. Kind of like when I was talking with Johnny Cupcakes earlier, I caught, I don't even know where I found him, but I was like, well, that's interesting. And I started following him, but then I applied what he did to my business. So I'm sure like, in fact, really quickly, Nate, if I asked you, what is a brand or a business that you love? They totally speak to you. And if I asked you about them, you could talk my ear off. It can be anything. I guess I would, I'll, there's a company called GoRuck that I've- uh, Oh, I love GoRuck. I've done one. Uh, so I have a ton of, uh, yeah, I've done their yeah, yeah, yeah. and I have a ton of their gear and bags. Yeah. yeah. I was GoRuck442. Oh, awesome. So, okay. So um, that's, just so you know, it's a grueling event. You start in the evening and go overnight. It is, yeah. it is, it tests you mentally and physically. Well, you got to check out my championship leadership 24 hour experience then if that's the case. Oh, yeah. yeah. cool. Okay. Yeah. So here's what I'd say to you then. Knowing that you love GoRuck and you know them in and out, right? You could speak about them. If GoRuck decided to do your business, how would they do it? How would they build the customer experience? How would they develop the processes, Mm -hmm. right? It's actually not that hard. If we pull the things that we love and we know, and we say, how do we apply that to my world? We actually find incredible innovation, but we do this funny thing where we separate them out. So here's the deal. I'm a small business owner. I'm an entrepreneur. I don't have time not to leverage everything in my life. So every experience with me, every interaction, the thought in the back of my head is always, how do I apply this to my world? And that's where I find opportunities that others miss. It's not because I'm smarter, because I'm sure I'm not. It's just because my antennas are always up looking. 
I love it. Yeah, that's that's great. Put some. I'm going to put some thought into that for sure. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. What are some ways that the listeners can find out more about you, your book, and everything else that you have going on? Yeah, so the best way is to go to our website. That's the hub of everything. The tribe is there. The book is there. Our podcast is there. Um, so go to launchstreet.com. So just G-O-T-O launchstreet.com, all one word. Great. And uh, we will definitely get that linked up. I, I really appreciate the time today. I, uh, it's been a fun conversation. I've, I've, I've had a blast. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Have a good day. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years of marriage. It's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader